morning, Christ Church. How is everybody doing this morning? We, <laughs> we're going to be doing our scripture reading this morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Isaiah. We're going to be in chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 2 and go to verse 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. As they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder. The rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the reading of the scriptures of our Lord. Blessed be to God. Well, good morning, Christ Church. One more time. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Uh, hey, it's Christmas time. You are not excited? Okay, that's fine. You're not excited. Let's, let's try that. Thank you. Yeah. Let's try that one more time so I can hear all the saints. It's Christmas time, y'all. Is, that, is everybody done shopping? Everybody finished shopping? Everybody, oh, you still got more shopping? Who's last minuteers like me in this room? Anybody last minuteers? Uh, God bless you. God bless you. Going to heaven, going to heaven. <laughs> I'm a procrastinator at heart, church, all right? Ask my wife. Can I get an amen? <laughs> uh, but hey, guys, good morning. We're going to be studying and walking through this new sermon series that we're in, uh, All Hail the King. As we've been saying, uh, the goal of this series or the goal of Christmas is meant to give us a great reminder, but also it's meant to help us to know what to do moving forward. Because again, it's, it's one thing, thank you, sir, it's one thing to do something with your mind. It's another thing to do something with your heart. So we've been talking about in this sermon series and throughout this holiday season, yes, we, we want to remind ourselves kind of what this all means and what this all represents. But at the end of the day, there has to be an action that has to be put in place. There has to be some application so that we can move forward in a new and better way. I heard this pastor one time say this. He says, Christmas comes around every year to remind us what life is all about. Right? I love how he said that. He says, Christmas is the time of the year where we get to reset. He says, New Year's is not the time to reset. Christmas 
is the time where we get to reset. And, of course, you get to Easter, and you reset again. It's interesting how God has two times of the year where we get to reset. And we're going to be walking through Isaiah 9, as my brother Keith read, uh, a beautiful passage that helps, gives us great reminder, but it helps us to take the next step and to have great action as we move forward. You know, I, I have to say this. Christmas is my favorite holiday of all the holidays. Can I get an amen? Anybody love Christmas more than any other holiday? No, listen, listen, Thanksgiving's cool because all the food and eating and, and, and all that is fine, but there's nothing like Christmas. Now, you may have things of what you like about Christmas, but one of my favorite things that I love about Christmas, it, it isn't making cookies, which I'm excited to do next week, amen. Excited to stuff my, stuff my face with some Christmas cookies. It, it is in the movies, the Christmas movies. Fun fact, I have never seen the Christmas story. I've never seen it. You, you too, Terrell? I've never seen it. I've never, I've never, never seen the movie, right? I've never seen the movie. You know, don't judge me, whatever. You know, you can get out if you do. Uh, <laughs> you know, my favorite thing about Christmas is the music. The music. Oh, I love Christmas music. There's a lot of people that don't like it. But, man, I'm a big fan of Christmas music, right? I love them. Growing up in my family, we used to listen to Boys to Men Christmas album. We used to, oh, man, oh, it was awesome. My mom used to put it on while she's making uh, the cookies, and, you know, she's got the eggnog. Oh, man, it's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. We love that album. And I remember also one of my favorite Christmas albums was NSYNC's Christmas album. Don't make fun of me and my boy band obsession, okay? I am not ashamed of the gospel and the boy bands, okay? <laughs> right? I love Christmas music. In college, I was part of uh, the dorm car uh, carolers. What we would do is, in the dorm, we would go from room to room, and we would sing carols. It was the stupidest thing ever. It was cheesy and corny, but for me, it was a way to meet women. So, but it was just, uh, you know, but one song I remember singing was... It's the most wonderful time of the year. Man, I love that song, right? It's a happy, listen, if you, walk, if you don't walk away happy after hearing that song, something's wrong with you, all right? We need to lay hands on you, put some oil on you. I love that song because the theme of that song is, is happiness and joy, and, and I love it. But, but can we be honest with ourselves? Our year this year has been the opposite of wonderful, right? Our, our year this year, our, our experience has been the opposite of joyful, has been the opposite of happy. If I can be honest, this has been a year where there's been a lot of stress, right? We all have our own stress in our lives, right? We all have stress from work, meeting demands, and, and, and trying to provide for our families. And, man, especially in uh, times like this, it's hard. Uh, we, we have stress in our own families and our marriages. You know, I can't tell you how many marriages that I hear that are either ending in divorce or are severely struggling. Right? Maybe it's been a maybe it's been a year of discontent. Anybody been, anybody been discontent, uh, discontent lately? Right? You're, you're always complaining about something. You're always negative about something. Right? W whatever it may be. Maybe maybe that describes your year. Uh, the best, or, or maybe maybe this has been a year where fear and worry has been at an all-time high, right? 
It's been, a, it's, it's been a very draining year on a lot of us. And really what our year best describes, what Isaiah says, it's been a year for a lot of us. It's been a year of darkness. Right? It's been a year of darkness. Isaiah uh, uses it in verse 2. He, he talks about darkness and, and gloom and, and it's what's going on. And, and the day that Isaiah is writing this, Isaiah is writing to a, a group of people who are facing captivity or are facing exile from a, from a massive, strong empire coming to take all that they have and, and to bring them to where they don't want to be. And Isaiah describes it as darkness. And, and friends, it's been a dark year. Some of us, we've lost family members this year. We've lost loved ones. We've had to bury the ones whom we love. For some of us, we've lost relationships, really, really close friends, people that we thought were, they would be in our lives for a very long time and suddenly... They're not. I know a lot about that, right? Some of us, you, you've lost your job, right? You, you've lost job. Maybe, maybe you've lost a little bit financially. It's been, a, it's been a dark year, right? And it's very easy for you and I to, to acknowledge the darkness that exists around us. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, when Isaiah uses this word darkness, it really means chaos, bondage, or, or a better word to use, disorder. Doesn't that describe our world, right? All the hate and the division and the wars. And you turn on the news, you're going to find something negative, right? You turn on the news, you're going to find something bad, right? right? It's been the opposite of wonderful for our lives and for our year this year, right? But it's very easy to point out the darkness that exists around us, but also there's a darkness that exists within us as well too, church, Right? There's a darkness that exists within us. How about the darkness of anger? Some of us, our anger was real bad this year. We were lashing out more than we wanted to, right? We were freaking out at our kids more than we wanted to. We were lashing out at our spouses more than we wanted to. How about the darkness of, 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 of unforgiveness, right? right? For, listen, forgiving someone is very hard, friends, especially when that person hurts you in a very serious way, Right? And, and, and dealing with the unforgiveness, it, uh, it, it brings about bitterness and, and jealousy. And, and here's what I want to do today. I, I want you to know that, that Christmas solves our darkness issue. Christmas, Christmas is a reminder that the darkness we experience, there's a light that can dispel the darkness that's around us, but also that's within us. Because, friends, Christ came to deal with the darkness around us but also the darkness that is within us, right? This, this, is, this is what Jesus' arrival means. He, he comes to, 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 to meet the demand. And what is the demand, friends? That there is a lot of darkness in this world, but there is a great light whom darkness cannot compete with. There, there is a great light. There is a great truth. There is a great Savior coming, which evil and darkness and brokenness and dysfunction cannot keep up with. And this, friends, friends, this is going to be the, the one thing that's going to help you and I moving forward. Because maybe, maybe you're like me today. You need a reason to endure. Right? Right? You need a reason. Because maybe, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're ready to give up on something. Right? I don't know what it may be. and I don't... Only you know what that thing is. Maybe you're ready to give up on that, on that one thing that's precious, right? But Christmas is a reminder of why we can endure. 
Because Jesus is the great light that dispels the great darkness around us, but also within us. Amen? Jesus is the one who helps us to conquer the darkness and the hopelessness we experience. He comes to to do that. And friends, I I want you to, to, to realize this today. Jesus is the source for your hope and your help. He's a source for your hope and your help. I, I uh, was watching the news the other day. My, lo- my wife loves watching Fox News. Anybody been watching Fox News ever since they were little? But, uh, I've been watching Fox News for a long time. I remember watching Fox, watching to see if I was going to get the day off. It was a snow day. Anybody remember doing that? Growing up, and I'm waiting for Strongsville High School. Strongsville, no, dang it, no, I didn't get the day off. But, uh, but I was watching the news, and it, it talked about in Cleveland there have been several uh, uh, businesses that have closed due to an employer shortage. You guys ever heard about this before? Uh, There are thousands of businesses across America that are shutting down because nobody wants to work. Right? Listen, this is strange to me. I, I, I never, listen, I need to work, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Christmas is here, but, but there's a lot of businesses that are facing a massive employer shortage. But you want to know what else is a shortage? Hope. You want, you want to know what else is a shortage in our world today? Hope. In, 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 in our world, we're, we're starving for it. We want it. We need to see that there's a purpose and a plan beyond all that we are experiencing. And friends, Jesus Christ. Is that for you today? If you, if you have a hard time finding hope in your life right now, you have a hard time finding hope in your marriage right now, you have a hard time finding hope in your, what your experiences and the sickness and all that's surrounding you in your life, friends, can I remind you, Jesus Christ is your hope because he's the one that reminds you there's a great plan in this, but also he, he will help you in it as well too. That's the beauty of what we're celebrating Today, that Jesus is our hope, but also our help. Isaiah, Isaiah 9, Isaiah says, a son will be given. A child will be born. This is actually the second time Isaiah has talked about a son or a child being born. If you look back to Isaiah 7, verse 14, he talks about a virgin will bear a son. We all know what that's talking about, right? So you got to remember, Isaiah is written about 700 to 800 years before Jesus. Last week we talked about the great promise of Christ and how, how God fulfills the, the great promise. And that's, that's what Isaiah is talking about uh, in Isaiah 7, but also in Isaiah 9. And he says, a son will be given, and he will be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. Isaiah is telling us, friends, this is what Isaiah is telling us. Isaiah is giving you and I a glimpse of hope, of hope. And where is our hope found? In our wonderful counselor and the mighty God and the everlasting Father. Listen to this, and the Prince of Peace. That's Christmas Eve sermon, just to let you guys know. Make sure you're there for that one. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You know what all four of those characteristics uh, uh, point to? The great need that we have in our lives, right? Because I don't know if you know this, friends. You're needy people. You laugh because it's true. You're a needy person. You have, you have needs. You are born with some needs are good. Some needs are really, really bad. And we need to, we need to deal with those needs. But we'll worry about that later on, right? 
right? And, and, and Jesus is the one who meets our deepest needs to bring us our to bring us to great satisfaction in our lives because God desires to fulfill your need so that you can have great joy. God desires to fulfill your need. And these are what the names that, that Isaiah is, is talking about. I love what Charles Spurgeon says about, uh, about this beautiful verse, about this beautiful section. He says this, the names of God are windows in which we see God's character is seen. We learn more about who God is as we explore the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace to a people in captivity. Remember, Always, when you read your Bible, know the context. Don't read your Bible out of context. Isaiah is writing this to a people who are in captivity. But it's not just meant for the people, not meant for people who are in captivity. It's meant for us today, right? Right? Because God's word is eternal, right? God's word abides forever. That's what Charles Spurgeon says next about that. His name reveals our need. We just talked about that. His name reveals our need, but also reveals his character. What he will come to do, watch this, friends, and what he will always do, right? See, what Isaiah is doing, Isaiah is not saying, hey, there's this one time where Jesus is going to come, and that's it. And when Jesus comes, it's for the people that he came for. No, what, 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 this, what this portion is meant for us to, to look for is that, 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 that the same Jesus that came to rescue Israel 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus who rescues and redeems the people today. We said it last week. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you need hope, there's one who gives it. If you need help in life, and friends, a lot of us need help. Aren't we the first ones in the, uh, the, to say that we don't need help? Why are we like that? Why are we the people that say, I don't need help? I, I don't need your money. I, I don't need your advice, right? <laughs> we're the first people to do that. We think we're so strong. But friends, Christmas reminds us that though we are weak, there's a great helper out there. And Jesus is your help because Jesus is your wonderful counselor. He's your wonderful counselor. And the language he speaks to you is a language of hope. And the language that he speaks to you is meant to give your heart full of endurance. Now listen, I want to speak to those real quick, that some of us are on the, on a, are, are close to really giving up on something, right? But let me tell you something right now. There's a wonderful counselor who renews all things. There, there, some of us, we're, 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 we're about to lose our minds. Anybody about to lose their minds in this room today, right? All the things that are stacking up against you. How about these stinking kids, Talking about them every week. I'm sorry. I didn't slow down. I didn't stop doing that. Somebody told me, like, you must really not like your kids. No, it's not that. It's just, uh, it's just a lot. <laughs> right? Right? There's a counselor that helps you and I to endure the great battles. You guys are laughing. <laughs> the great battles we struggle with. Now, let's focus on this word, wonderful. Let's focus on these two words, wonderful counselor. The, the word wonderful in the Hebrew, it means incomprehensible. It means beyond measure. It means beyond what we can ever fathom or understand. But then he uses the word counselor. He says a wonderful counselor, the one who is beyond uh, uh, um, 
our understanding, beyond our measure. He will be called the Wonderful Counselor. In, in ancient Israel, there were counselors. Literally, this was a job. There were counselors that would assist the king. Now, let me give you a little bit more background what's going on in Isaiah's day. Isaiah is writing to a, a, a monarchy era where there are kings that are ruling and reigning over the empires. And one of them happened to be Israel. At the time Isaiah's writing this, there's this guy by the name of King Ahaz. Now, here's the thing about kings. Some of the kings were really good. Some of the kings were the opposite of really good. Right? Some of you are laughing because you know which ones I'm talking about. Some of the kings got it right, and some of the kings got it wrong. And, and, and what the counselor would do is the counselor would assist the king whenever they would go out to battle. So, for instance, let's just say Israel is going up against another nation. So what happened is if Israel is having a hard time defeating the enemy, what the counselor would do is he would step in and speak to the king and whisper to the king and say, do this. Or do that. Well, what's the role of the counselor? The role of the counselor is so that the, so that the, the king and so that the people may find victory. Now, how beautiful is that? In the same way, Isaiah is saying, Jesus is the one that helps you to conquer the great enemies in our lives. Right? Right? Jesus, he's the one that comes alongside of us and leads and instructs us how to overcome the great depression that we're experiencing. Isn't that beautiful? He's the one that comes alongside to help you to conquer the turmoil that has been weighing heavy on your heart. He's the one that comes in and helps, he's the one that helps give advice and leadership on the trauma that we've been dealing with ever since we were young and little. This is the one who comes alongside of us to help us, to lead us, to give us what we need to do the things that need to be done in our lives. This is the role of Jesus in your life. Yes, he's your Lord and Savior, but he's also your leader. Friends, haven't we realized enough that we're not great leaders? Right? Haven't we realized enough that, that we need a greater leader? And here's this counselor coming alongside. And what does he want to do? He wants to, he, wants to, he wants to lead you and I into his great purpose and his plan. Listen, I don't care how dark it is in your life. I don't care how uh, burdensome it is in your life. There's a counselor who has a great plan. And darkness and, 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 and dysfunction cannot disrupt it. And he's the one who wants to lead you towards all that he wants to do in your life today. Some of us, we need to hear, God's got a plan. Hey, listen, God's got a plan for your marriage. God, God's got a plan for your children. God, God's got a plan for, 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 for the, the finances that you're struggling with. God has this great plan, and he's the leader that leads us to it. That gets us there to fulfill his great purposes in our lives. Because Jesus is the wonderful counselor. Now, when you hear the word counselor, you're probably like cringe a little bit. You're probably like, oh, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, what counseling? I don't need counseling. Maybe the person next to me needs counseling. Maybe my mama needs counseling, right? Maybe my, maybe my daddy needs, I know my siblings definitely need counseling, but, but I, I don't need counseling, right? I'm good. The fact of the matter is, life has proven over and over again we all need counseling. We all need to be counseled, right? We, 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 all, we all need to have, to have some type of uh, um, uh, someone in our lives to instruct and to lead us 
to healthier and better places. Now, what is the goal of a counselor? Right? Let's talk about it in, a, in more of a, a, a modern American way. Now, the role of a counselor is to get you to, to help bring you to a better reality. Right? It's to help you to cope with the things you are struggling with. Right? Now, now, now the goal of the counselor is to, is to not only help you to deal with the, with the things you're struggling with, but also get to the root of what's going on in your life, right? Because it's one thing to, to deal with the symptoms, and it's another thing to deal with the root of what's causing the symptoms. Am I right? Right? And, and, and that's the, the role of, a, of the counselor is to help the, to give you a better reality. In the same way, Jesus is the one who comes alongside of us, who reaches within the depths of our soul to, to, to find the very thing that is causing the one thing to cause nothing but destruction and dysfunction in your life. And he looks at it, and his grace and mercy repairs it, heals it, and brings you to a better form than what you were before. This is the wonderful counselor that we have. Listen, listen, Jesus wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to reach within the depths of the things that you are battling with deeply, whether that's lust, right, whether that's anger, whether that's pride, you name it, we're probably dealing with it. And he's the one that helps shape our reality. He's the one that helps shape our reality by giving us a hope that we need. The wonderful counselor comes to shape your reality a reality full of hope. The wonderful counselor comes to shape your reality, the one full of hope. Because the hope Christ gives you and I is a hope full of certainty and purpose. Now, when I say hope, I don't want you to think, friends, I don't want you to think that, that hope means wishful thinking, right? I, I don't want you to think that, that the Christian hope is more of like, well, I don't know, it, it might happen. No! Jesus says it will happen. Haven't we learned last week that if, if God can fulfill his great promises 2,000 years ago, he can still fulfill his great promises 2,000 years later today for our lives? Listen, friends, I want you to walk out of, the, out of here with this one thing hanging over your head, hope, right? You may not have a lot of things in your life. You, you may be short on a lot of things in your life. But there's one thing you can never lose is hope. There's one thing that you will always have is a future and a certainty. There's one thing that you will always have is Christ in you, but Christ before you. This is the wonderful counselor who not only leads us, but he heals us. He's not only in front of us, but he's within us, healing us. The wonderful counselor, dealing with our great issues in our lives. Because no one in this room or watching online, nobody is absent of struggle. Nobody is absent of dysfunction. From the one who makes six figures all the way to the mom, to the single mom in this room. Every one of us have a dysfunction. And Christ comes to deal with that. Here's what I want to say before I move on to the next point. Maybe the good work God wants to do in your life is in your heart. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to go to God and say, you know what, God, there's a lot of things I've been asking you to do, but the one thing that I haven't asked you to do is to heal me, right? 
right? There's, there's a lot of things that I, that I want you to do, and those things are great, and those things are awesome. But let's go to him and to do the things that he came to do, which is what? To heal the dysfunction in our hearts, to be the wonderful counselor in our hearts. But you want to know where else our hope is found? This is really, really cool. You want to know where else our hope is found? Our hope is, yes, it's found in the wonderful counselor who will come and who has come and who is here and who will always be here. Yes, our hope is found in that beautiful truth. But you want to know what else this passage teaches us? Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Bring up verse 7 for them. Isaiah 9, verse 7. That Actually, verse 7 is the climax of what this passage is meant for us to understand. It says this, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will do this. What's happening in this passage? What's happening in this verse? Well, it's easy to look over this and say, yeah, that's cool. He talks about David. No, what Isaiah wants us to understand is last uh, 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 back in 2 Samuel 17, God made a promise to David that one day there will be a king who will sit on this throne forever and his kingdom will not come to an end. His kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. Friends, this is talking about Jesus because our hope is in King Jesus. Our hope isn't in the leadership of America. Our hope isn't in the leadership of our communities. Heck, our hope is even in, even in the leadership in our homes. Our hope is in heaven on the one sitting at the right hand of the Father, ruling, reigning, controlling all things. You want to know why you can move forward? Because Jesus is seated on the throne. He's king. No matter how bad it gets, Jesus is the only one who can bring good from evil. Right? Now, here's the thing about Israel at this time. Israel is desperate for a good king. They're desperate for a king to come and to do all that God has told them to do. Because so many times Israel has lost. Sure, they've had victories, but they've lost a lot. And Isaiah is writing this in a time where they are losing. But we have a king that never loses. We have a king that says, in the end, I win. Because in the end, Jesus wins. We have a king that, that, that can bring people from darkness into light. We have a king that can turn sorrow into gladness. We have a king that can, uh, that, that can never be defeated. I can never be dethroned. Friends, today I want you to walk out not just with the hope in the wonderful counselor, but with the hope that Jesus is upholding all things in the palm of his hand. And one of those things is your life. One of those things is your marriage. One of those things is your family. One of those things is your sanity, right? He's a king that, that reigns forever and ever. This is the Jesus that we need to look towards. That Jesus is sitting on the throne and Jesus says, my kingdom shall not be threatened. That's the beautiful truth of Christmas. That King Jesus is with us. The King Jesus is leading us. The King Jesus heals us. King Jesus is the good one that saves us. This is the beautiful truth of what Isaiah wants us to get to. Isaiah wants us, he wants you to get to the wonderful names of who we would be like. 
But this is what his ultimate goal is, to reign and to rule over all. Right? To reign and to rule over all. We have a great king. And this great king desires for you and I to flourish. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to flourish. And prospering and flourishing begins when we look to the one who who, who meets our needs, exceeds our needs, and who is what we need. That's when you and I find this great hope when we look to King Jesus. Because it's very easy to lose hope in this world when you turn on your news. Very easy to lose hope in this world when you turn to the one sitting next to you. But it's also easy to find hope when you look to King Jesus. What I want to do today is I don't want to just have another service where we just come here, write down a few notes and say, man, what a great sermon. He's a cool pastor, but that didn't do anything. No, there's anything that I want to do today is that I want our hearts to be submitted to King Jesus. What, what I want to do today, because he's a king that deserves glory and honor. The elders cast their thrones, saying, worthy are you, Lord, to receive glory, honor, and praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who was and is to come. This is where our great hope is, friends. Looking to King Jesus. Surrendering and saying, you are my leader in my life. Some of us need to have that, that great conversation with God right now and say, you are my leader. You are the one who leads me. And we need to make that confession and that truth today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I ask that you, would, that you would give us a heart. Give us a heart that looks directly at Jesus Christ. I pray that you give us a heart that looks directly at Jesus Christ and look at him for, what he, for who he truly is, that he is the king and the wonderful counselor of our lives today. And Father, I pray that we would be people that would look to that king and look to that wonderful counselor often and daily to lead and to provide and to guide us in all things. There's not a lot of things to hope for in this world today. But we do have a king who we can look to for hope in this world today. There's a lot of things that leave us devastated and confused and frustrated. But there is a king, and you are the king, whom we can look to to say, darkness will not win. Shame will not win. Divorce will not win. Cancer will not win. Disease will not win will not win because you win Jesus and you always win you're the, you're the king who never loses you've never lost and on the day of Calvary you proved it when, when Satan thought he had you pressed down you showed yourself strong by walking out of that tomb appearing to many to show that you were alive. Yes, you were dead, but now you are alive. You defeated death. And your victory, Lord, is our victory as well, too. Your conquering over death, hell, and the grave is our conquer today. 
So, Lord, would you help the individuals in this room conquer the great battle that they have today? So, Lord, we're all battling something. Lord, only you know what that individual is battling with. So I pray that they make you the king of their heart. And I pray they, they ask you to be their wonderful counselor, to be their mighty God, to be their everlasting Father, but also to be your, their Prince of Peace. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In your son's perfect name is who we pray. Amen.